Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Guess what we did as a family the other day? What did you do? Isn't that annoying way to start a sentence? Hey, guess what? Yeah. <laughs> because I'm not really going to guess, am no. I? No. Unless we played it as an actual guessing game, like 20 questions. Be here a while. Yeah. yeah. It'd be boring for everybody. Mm. Um, I think it builds up a bit of excitement, though. Guess what? Da, da, da. I know, but do you not think that if something was genuinely exciting, mm. it wouldn't need the artifice of going, hey, guess what? <laughs> okay, fair enough. But go on, guess what? <laughs> Tell me. Just the, just that tendency that we all have to break news. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, we went as a family to see the London Symphony Orchestra. Oh, very nice. Mm. What were they playing? Anything I know? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if you know it, no. No. What are yeah. music? The hits? They, they were playing the, the soundtrack to uh, The Return of the Jedi, which they were showing on a big screen at the time. Oh, so you watched a film with some yeah. an orchestra. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously we're not cultured enough to go and see an orchestra <laughs> without a daft Star Wars film playing. Right, right. Um, it's good. I enjoyed it. Is it the Royal Albert Hall? Oh, I think my friend went to that. Yes. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, a man or a woman? Female. Oh. Hmm. She wouldn't have had a much much of a cue for the uh, Oh, oh really? Right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. It's yeah. like when Annabelle and I went to see The Wonder Stuff. It's the only <laughs> time at a gig where there was a queue snaking out for the men's toilet and you could just stroll right in there. Yeah, I skidded on some snake bite on the way, but yeah, <laughs> God, it was fine. I think part of it was it was a gentleman of a certain age and, yeah. you know, your prostate can take a bit of warming up, I say. say when you... Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. So I went to see the, uh, the the London Symphony Orchestra play the soundtrack to Return of the Jedi. I enjoyed it enormously. Part of me did think in advance, "Will it be that different? Mm. Like, what's better, watching it in a proper cinema where it's actually dark, mm. um, and just hearing the music playing on the soundtrack, or watching it on an inferior screen?" In a room not built as a cinema, um, while an orchestra. But I, know, I actually, I actually think it was it was worth it. They didn't sort of uh, do any like you know. I don't like live music because I think it's always worse versions of the actual song. They didn't do any of that. No, it was good. Okay, yeah, it was. Right. It was genuinely they stuck it was, to it. Yeah, yeah, they did. Which that in itself is a feat, I think. Mm. How did they do it? <laughs> so they're probably quite trained. Yes, I know. Rehearsals, but... etc. Yeah, and, uh, but I mean the exact right number of. 
split seconds. So if you're an orchestra recording a soundtrack to something, mm. you're just soundtracking that scene, that bit of the score, on a screen in a recording studio, and you get it perfectly right, and then you move on to the next one. Mm. You're not playing the whole thing as a piece from start to finish. Okay, yeah. This is something I was thinking about that I, th- I imagine right. is quite boring from the look <laughs> on your face. How are they doing it, though? I understand how you do it scene by scene. But yeah. anyway, um, so the, the conductor didn't have like a, a little time code in front of him or anything. And if he did, what would happen? Oh, we need, to, we need a, a, a suspenseful pizzicato, but we're, uh, we're not up to that bit. Do I just speed them up? Mm. Is that, how do they do it? Well, you'll have to ask the conductor, won't you? People really applauded the conductor. Good. Oh, come on. You've just said, like, what, what a great job they did. You I'm can't now sure. say, what? I know I've said this before, but I'm just really not sure about conductors. What, you feel like they're not, they're not actually I don't doing know if you anything? you need them. <laughs> so I, I understand that you need them to go at the very beginning, and a one, two, three, four, so everyone knows when to start mm. and at what tempo it is. Mm. But if you are a highly trained professional musician, mm. Surely you then, like, part of the deal of that is being able to stay in time. And it says on the music in front of you, this bit loud, this bit soft. It's got all the little Italian words that they have. I do agree with you to some extent. Remember that thing, you, me, bum, bum train, where you go and do, like, jobs that you wouldn't normally do. One of them was I conducted an orchestra and I was just messing around, flailing my arms around. They sounded like they were doing a great wow, job. Well, so kind of, is, kind of proved it in this, a way. This, this, this is what I, th- I think. It, it's, it's weird to me that the conductor only exists in classical music. If it was that essential, why hasn't every form of music got a conductor? Because there isn't so many instruments. Mm, but then you look at like... Depends what it is. Yeah. Depends what it is, doesn't it? Uh, you know, think about... Um, Mumford and Sons. <laughs> There's only three, four. <laughs> the poly, well, three now. Um, oh, yeah. Polyphonic spray. Oh, yeah. Be- a better con- example. Yeah, yeah. they don't, they don't yeah. have a conductor, do they? Mm. And then any other form, you know, various forms of music from around the world. Mm. How common is it to have somebody standing there at the front flailing their arms around? Mm. I can't think of another genre of music outside of classical orchestra music where they need it. Well, we're all wondering now. Yeah, and I don't mean to do them down but it just annoyed me when he got more applause than the rest of them Mm, and mm. i think any of those other jobs in that orchestra including you know the person with one drum that they're bashing every now and again or a cymbal the person banging one cymbal (laughs) i think if i tried to do that everything would fall to pieces and it would be worse i'm not sure that that is as true of the conductor as the others do you think there's a conductor listening, thinking, getting paranoid and thinking, is everything I'm doing just The game's show? up. The game's up. They know. <laughs> no, no. What if they don't know? No, they, are know. They, are they, they know. know. Are they You'd know? You'd have to, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. You'd have to. If I sat down in that, because the, the person who gets the second amount of applause is the first violin, which I think must be annoying to the other violinists, because it's not like they're doing wild solos or anything. Usually, sometimes they are. Mm. But, um, and, and if anybody deserves it, though, it's it's them more than the conductor. Just seems more highly mm-hmm. skilled. Any of those instruments, you couldn't just pick up and do... Here's what you couldn't do. Here's what you couldn't do with any instrument. An impersonation, a convincing impersonation to the layperson of somebody who knows how to play it. Mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. You pick up a violin for the first time. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
and uh, and sit next to a professional violinist yeah, yeah. and get a layperson to say who's the real violinist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Conductor. <laughs> oh. Ruffle your hair up a certain way. <laughs> this was like an expose. I'm just not so sure. Mm. Not so sure. I do wish they'd have that bit, you know, like at rock concerts where they go, and on bass. Oh, with their names. Dum, 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 dum. Oh. Yeah, they never do that in orchestra. It'd take a long time. Yeah, but it'd be nice. Though, I would it? like that in an orchestra, just so they can show what they can do. And conducting. And then what? <laughs> I think we're just responding to what a showy job it is. <laughs> I'm starting to doubt it all, I have to say. I don't know. Like, at best, what I think they're doing is it's like they've got the volume controls for all the different bits of the orchestra. They're a human metronome, mm, mm. which I understand, like, before metronomes are in- invented, that has a certain value. We've got them now. Yeah. We could have a, you could be wearing little things with click tracks I in the ear. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. They're a human metronome, yeah. and they're waving their arms around... To sort of make bits louder or softer. Yeah. But all that stuff is written down on the scores anyway. Is it ever their interpretation? Like they, they, how they, much? they, they feel but, this bit but, should but be. But even more... if it's their interpretation, yeah. isn't that just, oh yeah, my inter- I'm such a musical genius. I think it'd be better if this was a bit faster or a bit louder. <laughs> isn't that all it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that doesn't seem like genius to me. We're losing all our conductor listens now, and they're probably it's probably a huge majority. That's it. All... I want to know what the other members of the orchestra really think of those conductors. Mm. If you've spent dedicated your life to learning an instrument, and then you say somebody get more applause than you for waving their arms round and saying, "Oh, this bit should be a bit louder. This should be a bit slower." Surely a resentment builds up. You don't hear about people doing, you know, that 10,000 hours thing to like master a craft. Yeah. You don't hear about the conductor doing 10,000 hours to master it, do you? You hear about violinists yeah. practicing all day to their yeah, fingers bleed. Yeah, 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 yeah. What are these conductors practicing every day to their fingers no. bleed? No, it'd be very difficult to make your fingers bleed with one of those things. Mm, mm. You'd have to sharpen it <laughs> yeah. and then self mutilate. Well, you've convinced us all. Okay. I would recommend it though. The, uh, the, Star Wars Orchestra okay. or Film Orchestra. Excuse me. Mm. I've got a horrible cough. I know. It's not COVID because no. I just had that a little while ago, yeah. but uh, it's a very productive cough. Oh. Like, I feel a lot coming. Mm. It's the only part of me that is productive, so it's quite nice to have something <laughs> about me that's productive. <laughs> I quite want to get it now. <laughs> All right, Annabelle. Yes. Let's hear from the drifters. Okay. First one is from Sophie. I went on a date yesterday. I walked down to the gelato parlour to meet this person I've been chatting with. Parlour. To meet this person I've been chatting with on Tinder. He was normal and lovely, but I didn't really feel a connection. So as we were deciding what to do next, I awkwardly just said, "Um, I kind of don't feel like there's much chemistry between us, you know? He looked rather hurt. I felt bad. But we said our goodbye and went our separate ways. I know what you're thinking. How can she call herself a drifter? A real drifter could never have said something so direct. A real drifter would have spent all evening with someone they had no interest in. They would have married him and had children, all just to avoid any awkward discussion. 
my fellow drifters. I may have figured out how to have these conversations, but of course, I felt compelled to make my face and body language sad as I was walking home, just in case he drove past me and saw me. I spent 25 minutes walking sad, so a man I'd rejected would still think I was a good person. Oh, that's great. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Walking Uh, sad. Yeah, yeah. This is a very quick one from Imperial Mistress Rebecca. I went to the hairdressers the other day. I was having my hair washed and the stylist says, is the water too hot? Is the scalp massage pressure okay? The water was burning my head. The accompanying scalp massage felt like it was ripping my scalp from my skull. My reply, it's lovely, thanks. Of course, of course, yeah. And finally, from Mike from South Wales. My wife and I share a car and probably use it about evenly, which resulted, which has resulted in both our keys starting to run out of battery life at around the same time. Luckily, it was close to the time that the car was going back to dealership for its annual service. Now, when we bought the car, we also took out a service plan, which meant we didn't have to pay for servicing for the first four years. This, as my wife would tell me frequently, meant they would change the key batteries free of charge too. As these things always happen, the car went into the service and back out again with the batteries unchanged. And not, I might add, through any fault of the garage, but because someone, not me, forgot to mention it to them. This resulted in me one Saturday morning making a special trip to the garage to get the batteries changed. My wife's tiny reminder that they would do it for free, ship for free, still ringing in my ears. I got to the dealership front desk and explained what I was there for. And the very nice lady on front desk said, oh, you need to speak to Tom in the parts department. If you just go through there and press the buzzer, Tom will come out and help you. Now, in my experience, someone telling me to go through somewhere and press a button will result in me either going through the wrong door and getting lost or going through the right door with there being no obvious buzzer or worse still, two buzzers. One that summons Tom and one that commences the end of the world with klaxons and flashing lights. <laughs> anyway, I make it through and press a button that makes a buzz and I think, ha ha, I'm in. There is a wait for about a minute, then out comes Tom with a, how can I help you, mate? Said in such a way that I felt that he doesn't want to help me or want to ever be my friend. (laughs) I explain why I've obviously disturbed him from his morning cuppa and read the blank back pages and he disappears with a roll of his eyes and a huff and leaves me wondering if I'll ever see him again. What seems like an eternity, but was probably only a couple of minutes, Tom comes back with a, there you go, mate. Nope, still don't think we're going to be mates. And plonks down two batteries with a piece of paper. That'll be £8.40, mate, and here's your invoice. But I've got the silver service plan, which includes replacement key batteries, I think, while I reach into my wallet and tap my credit card on the little card (laughs) reader. Being a drifter doesn't half cost you sometimes. Please send us yours. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Annabelle. Yes. Shall we have another way in which you are not a fully functioning adult? So I did something on a Sunday afternoon very recently that I'd not done since a drunken Saturday night 11 years ago. Can you guess what it is? Don't be so disgusting. (laughs) It was worse. I got a McDonald's. God, it was good. It was so good. The reason was that my whole family, my sister and her husband and her two children, my mum and my dad, and then me, Tom and Rudy, went to my dad's allotment to help him put it to bed for the winter. 
Now, this just seemed to involve a lot of digging. So I did a bit of half-hearted shoveling, then took on the role of rallying the troops with light conversation. (laughs) And it was hungry work for the actual diggers. So I also offered to go and get lunch. And the only nearby place was a McDonald's. Uh So me and my dad went, and also my niece, who was either desperate to get away from the digging or desperate for more of my light conversation, almost certainly the former. (laughs) And we drove there. And I wasn't expecting it to be a drive through McDonald's. Oh. And I hate drive through anything, oh. apart from drive through car washes, which are thrilling, and a drive through safari park, which I've never been to, but I quite like the idea of monkeys trying to steal my windscreen wipers. Oh, yeah, so it's the greatest. Yeah. 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 To be honest, I can't think of anything else I've ever done that's drive through, but I hate the way it's spelt T H R U through. Like, if you're really going to have to shorten it, make it T-H-R-O-O. Like, surely that's better. That, to me, is so obvious. That's better. <laughs> now, I've never driven through a drive through McDonald's before, but there was one right by my old flat where I lived about 10 years ago. And sometimes, drunk and late at night, I'd go there for my veggie burger and chips, but I didn't have a car. And obviously, of course, I was drunk. So I'd have to queue up as a person with the cars walking in between them. And it was very weird. And it sometimes felt like a metaphor for my place in the world. <laughs> So it's been a very long time since I've done it. It's been a very long time since I've been through a drive through or had McDonald's. So we get there, there's a big queue of cars and I've got a list on my phone of what everyone in the family wants. And there are nine of us. So this is a long list. And I'm not familiar with the menu and how it works. So eventually it's our turn. And my dad as the driver should probably wind down his window and order. But he's obviously feeling the same as I do because he asked me to do it. So with flashbacks to my walking in the queue days, I have to get out of the car and walk around to the machine. I don't know what to do. I'm saying hello, hello into it. <laughs> then a woman comes on and I start the order, but it's just terrible because I I feel very much like, what was it that your nana said the first time that she went into a McDonald's? Oh yeah, when they opened it in Macclesfield, went yeah. in with her and it was just, you know, we, we used to go to a grotty little milk bar with a very loud coffee machine that was probably unchanged since the 60s. And and her in a McDonald's, she looked like a time traveller a little bit. <laughs> and uh, she got in because I was so excited. I'd, I'd never been in a McDonald's, but just that one now existed. And we got up to the front and yeah, she didn't know what she wanted. I ordered, you know, I excitedly ordered whatever I, I um, had heard about, heard legend. <laughs> of, and she was like, oh, can I have a, um, oh, I'll have a, a cup of tea, please. Not too weak, not too strong with two and a half sugars. <laughs> Just because that was the that was the world that was how you ordered yes. things in her world and yeah you know, she's not thinking of a like a polystyrene cup and like a tube oh. of sugar and a little stick. <laughs> I, I was so much like that. Yeah. I love it how you described it. She was like yeah. a time traveler. It's yeah. like I was a time traveler. Yeah. So I'm like, well, like okay, um, one quarter pound a meal with large fries and a large coke. Which I suspect that a more experienced way of saying this would be, for example a large quarter pound a meal with a Coke. You'd have thought. You're looking back. I haven't been in McDonald's for 20 years apart from to urinate or on occasion defecate. And even (laughs) that has probably been more than a decade. And I don't know what's in a happy meal, but I like, I think I should get a happy meal for my son. But I'm saying, could I also have a happy meal with chicken nuggets (laughs) and fries and a juice and a little little toy, please, would be nice. But (laughs) I didn't say the toy, I'm joking about (laughs) But what made it worse as well is I couldn't stop myself from putting my face right up against the speaker. It was just like a natural Mm. reaction. Forgetting that most people are about four feet away in a car and I would have been booming in her ear. (laughs) 
And I'm getting looks from the person in the car behind and probably in the long queue behind who thinking that we just didn't know how it works. I thought that you had to get out of the car. <laughs> and my teenage niece in the back seat was probably thinking oh, digging God. was preferable okay. to this humiliation. <laughs> and I didn't have my glasses with me. So I was reading the list on my phone, but I was doing that old person thing of holding it further away. So I, should, I could just about make it out. And then I was ordering about 15 different items. But after each one, she'd say, and anything else? And I had to stop her early on and say, oh, sorry, this is going to be a really long order. But she still said it after every one. Like if she deviated from the script, she'd get shot or something. Yeah, It was awful. I felt so amateur and I felt so stressed that I got it all wrong and I'd missed out loads of stuff and everyone digging would be angry with me. But the only thing as it was that they got wrong was that they forgot to give us our straws. So my mum had to drink her chocolate milkshake using her hands. Very very thick, those milkshakes. Well, she fashioned the hands into a straw. (laughs) No, no, scooped it out like an animal. I'm joking. (laughs) But that's it for me and drive-thrus, apart from unless it's a safari park or a car wash. That's it. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. All right, let me give you a few um, driftery-ish things that have happened to me mm-hmm. last few days. Um, the other day, I accompanied Sarah to the hairdresser. Oh, did she? Not to give notes. <laughs> right, right. Or because I'm so codependent. Yes. Not quite that bad. I'm almost <laughs> that bad. Yeah. But it was it was in a part of London where I fancied going and having a mooch around that I don't uh, get to very often. Okay, okay. So I thought, she, she'll go and get her hair done. I'll um, go and find somewhere nice, have a coffee, have a look in some shops, have a bit of a schmai, as my mother-in-law would call it, and then um, I'll meet Sarah at the end of a haircut. What does schmai mean? It's like uh, you know, going around the shops, looking at stuff, picking, handling goods. That's a window shopping. Yeah, I think okay. ish. I okay. think perhaps like uh, there might be a bit of spending involved, but I think it's, it's pretty much the same okay, thing. Okay, okay. Um, so I walk her to the hairdresser which we get there early and hasn't yet opened the hairdresser's name is uh, on the sign and her name is Floria mm-hmm. so I find myself quite uh, unable to stop myself from singing you know Floria Floria I think I got your number okay. I think I got the alias yeah. Floria mm. Sarah shoots me this filthy look mm. I said what's the problem she said well what if she came around the corner now and she heard you doing that right I don't think there's anything wrong in it it's not I'm not making up a bawdy song about her it might be something that she's heard many times before that would be the only problem yeah, yeah. okay well there's that mm. all right so then I, I go <laughs> off and um have my potter have a nice coffee and uh and when I arrive back the haircut is ongoing mm. and there's a there's a sofa so I think I'll sit on the sofa here is the problem with that, though. And this is a bit quandary corner-ish. It's mm. a two-seater sofa. Would you call that a love seat? No. No. It's a two-seater sofa. 
there is a young lady sitting on the sofa. Mm-hmm. Let me describe how she has arranged herself. Mm. So you're looking at it. Yeah, you got the settee in mind? Yeah. On the left, nuzzling up against the arm of the sofa, mm-hmm. is her big puffy coat. Right. And her handbag. Mm-hmm. She is up against it. But because it's a big puffy coat and there's a bag, mm. this means that uh, she has encroached the other half. Right. Leaving too small a space mm-hmm. for me to easily nestle into. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, I could give it a go, but I think it would be inappropriate. I know immediately what I do, but go on. So I I think if it was the other way around, if she put her stuff in the middle of the sofa, I would have no qualms saying, oh, um, would it be okay to move your coat? Mm-mm-mm. But... To say, would it be okay to move your coat and then you scooch up? It feels like too much of a stretch. So yeah. I just end up um, standing up, looking at my phone oh. and glaring occasionally. There was there no arms on the sofa? Because what I would do is perch on the arm. It was too close to where the next person was cutting her. Oh, yeah. okay. So I couldn't do that. No. Oh, no. And she didn't offer at any point. No. She knew what she was doing. Oh, how rude. Yeah. How rude. But... I think that's that's a problem, isn't it? If the stuff is on the other side of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're asking her to move, not us. You're asking yes, a human to move, yes. not some inanimate objects. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so that was that was a that was a little thing. Um, on Friday mornings, I take Jean for a standing appointment, mm-hmm. which means we, I get him to school a little late. Mm-hmm. Um, by which time the gates are all closed and we have to go in through the school office, which involves buzzing an intercom on the street and being buzzed in. Mm -hmm. On the way, we were having quite an involved conversation about he's really into horrible histories Mm -hmm. and he really likes some of these gruesome characters. And there are really good songs about uh, Henry VIII, Napoleon, Genghis Khan, all these sort of despots from history. He, um, it goes up to the Second World War but there's not very much on the Second World War horrible histories. He asks me if there was a bad guy. I say, there was. There was a bad guy. Mm. He says, what was his name? Mm. I tell him. Mm. He says, so why don't they do a song about Hitler? Mm. So then I feel like what I need to explain is the somewhat complex idea for a six-year-old that... I mean, it's, I don't think it reflects well on human beings as generally. If somebody slaughtered many people and did terrible things, if nobody in living memory was affected by it, you can make jokes. Wow. But if there are people who are who remember, who are old enough to remember people being affected by it, then you can't make jokes. Or you certainly have, I mean, not you can't, but you, you, it certainly needs a lot more thought and that's probably why horrible histories don't do it. That's quite a complex thing to explain to a six-year-old. It's, and, and also it illuminates so many things that are wrong with us. Oh, yeah. The fact that there are restaurants, I've said this before, but there are restaurants in cities throughout the world called Genghis Khan's Mongolian Barbecue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because anybody in history, no matter what they did, just becomes a funny novelty name from the past. Mm. And I will leave that to your imagination to think what certain tourist attractions might be in a few hundred years' time. Oh, wow, yeah. Because that's all it becomes. Yeah. It becomes a funny name to name your, um, your, your cafe or tourist attraction or you know, selling funny ornaments or figurines of. Mm-mm. And let me tell you something, it's not usually the good guys from history. No. 
but but um so you explained it so i'm explaining this mm. at the same time as i'm press uh, press the buzzer <laughs> to get the school secretary to buzz us in yeah and she she sees us on the little camera she's like, oh hi eugene come in and then in the i don't know how many meters is but it's, it's a 30 second walk from the gate to the office i start becoming paranoid that she picked up the intercom <laughs> and just heard a man saying Hitler to his child. <laughs> yeah, that would feel very inappropriate, yeah. And I'm thinking, so so I, I then make completely the wrong choice. Oh, no. Which is, as I take him into the office, say, oh, we were just talking about, and then try to explain everything that I've just explained to no, you, no. but in five seconds. Oh, no. She's a very nice lady. She smiled. She mm. went, oh, come on, Jean, let's get you to class. <laughs> right. No time to talk about this right now. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then presumably there was uh, a note made somewhere. <laughs> Be on his records now. Yeah. Until he's 18. And mine. <laughs> yeah. I'm being monitored. <laughs> All right. Quandary Corner at the Glap Clinic here in Problematic. Something a tiny bit different this week. I've got oh. one quandary. Mm. And then, do you remember last week you had a quandary about whether to offer your cleaner a bagel or not? Yes. Well, we've had a response on that from the owner of a cleaning company. So we'll do that next. Great. Okay. First of all, from Gareth. Do you think that we have a lot of quandaries about swimming pools? Do you think a lot of drifters are swimmers? Because it's very oh, sort of so low. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. makes sense. I've, yeah. I've noticed yeah. this. Anyway, yeah, yeah. it's a swimming pool one. The shortest way of getting to this quandary is asking, is it ever acceptable to change lanes in a swimming pool? The longer way of asking, giving context to this question, is as follows. A couple of weeks ago, I went to my local swimming pool to do a few lengths and try to burn a few calories. When I arrived, the pool was divided up as it usually is into a fast lane, medium lane and slow lane. The medium lane and slow lane, which I usually choose between each, already had two people in. So fairly arbitrarily, I chose the medium lane. However, the two people I was sharing the lane with weren't particularly considerate and not really moving to the side when we passed each other, which is a standard etiquette. I will quite happily brush painfully against the barrier to the side just to ensure I don't get too close to someone else. So when someone got out of the slow lane, leaving it with just one other person in, I was delighted and swam over to enjoy the space. However, within 30 seconds of me moving over, the lady in the slow lane who I was now sharing with got out of the pool and scowled at me as she left. This set my mind racing. That looked like some sort of form of creep or pest to her. I live in a constant state of worry about being accidentally creepy. Yes. I try to be as deliberately bland and beat a male in all my social interactions Strong. I as mean, possible. I feel like I could have written this email apart from that. It's got exercise in it. <laughs> yeah. This is my natural state, so it doesn't require much effort. And I became consumed with the notion that I looked creepy for moving across into the lane in which she was the sole other occupant. Going forward, I should just stay where I am, right? Just accept my fate, stay where I am, avoid all eye contact and silently fume as I get kicked in the side and splashed in the face repeatedly. So I feel that I'm I'm very ill-equipped to answer this as I've never done any lane swimming in my life. Mm. Um, I th- I think well if like if you got out of the swimming baths and then gone along the side and then got back in the other lane, that, that might be all right. If you if you did it, kind if of you a like bit... hoisted yourself out, yeah. and then back in, in again, are you the saying kids crossing the lane? Like are those little orange things, those yeah. boys 
Are you saying it'd be creepy to sort of go maybe to do it underwater and suddenly yeah, something yeah, appear yeah, yeah, in the yeah, lane? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That could be construed as, as construed as creepy. Yes. I do wonder if there's a bit of paranoia involved here and what you thought was a scowl was her looking in your direction while she was trying to remember what her locker number was, for example. No, I, I, <laughs> you know, I think it was probably a scowl. <laughs> okay, so, I mean, I also have no exp- I'm not a swimmer, so I have, have you no, ever done you, no. you must have done it more often than I have, though. Never, I don't think. Oh, yeah. Then I'm so, not I've never, lane, no, never done lane swimming. I don't no. know the etiquette of lane no, swimming. No, I don't. So actually, we can't really help it. I like a free swim. A free swim, yeah. right, yeah. I like a water park. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do think there is something in your suggestion that it would feel creepy just to suddenly appear. Yeah. You need to kind of get out. Because there is, and... go, I'm sure there's going under a rope or going under a buoy. Or, mm, um, for American is. listeners, I mean a buoy. Yeah. The boy must sound very strange. Is that what they call it? According to Sarah, although maybe she just pronounces it wrong. A buoy. I say, well, you don't say buoyant. It's buoyant. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Mm. let's not get bogged down in that. So I think they're having to pop up, Mm, mm. cross a line. So I'd I'd hoist myself, although I'd really like the upper body strength to hoist myself up without using the steps. Oh, yeah, that could be a struggle. Very ungainly, ungainly watching me try and get out of the swimming pool. We're all imagining the same thing. Yeah. There's, there's a one leg that's got up while the rest of your body's in the water kind of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, yeah, I'm like sort of launched myself onto the, onto the side. Yeah. Beached mm. is, is probably the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I like a slow gradient out of the swimming pool. Oh, nice. Yeah. Very and nice. I feel like Ursula Andress. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. Very nice indeed. Okay. Well, have we? I mean, we have just completely failed on this, haven't we? No. 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 Hoist no. yourself out, no matter how ungainly. Maybe go and shower off the medium lane water, and then go in. That you might think you're a different person. Then, then go in the slow. Could lane. you walk to the, like the other end of the pool and get into the lane from the other end just to make a big show of changing lanes? This sounds good. Like I've heard people say, "Stay in your lane. Mm. Stay in your lane." Not the swimming baths, but in other contexts. Mm-mm. I wonder if it just. Applies. I don't think so. I don't okay. think so. Okay, well, I think it's best if we just leave that there. Yes. I don't think it's getting any better, is it? Okay, so let's go on to this next bit. So you, your quandary was, you were asking, your cleaner was here and you knew you were going to get some bagels. Should you get her one? Yes. So we got an answer from, as I said, the owner of a cleaning company, Stephanie. Yes. Which will be useful for you and for others who have similar worries about whether to offer cleaners food and drinks. Yes. She writes... Regarding Jeff's cleaner issues, here is my advice and some rules of etiquette. Oh. Cleaners never expect food, so the bagel was not necessary. If you're making a tea or coffee for yourself, then definitely offer the cleaner one, knowing that seven times out of ten, they will say no. Offering food sort of puts them in a weird friend zone and then leads to expectations of repeat bagel or worse. Think disgruntled cleaner because they haven't been offered scrambled eggs on toast or a takeaway with the order whilst they're in earshot. Making a tea or coffee when they're in earshot and not offering them will leave a bad taste in the cleaner's mouth, even if they don't want one. But it can be diluted by a friendly chat. One of my clients comes in and uses his fancy coffee machine in front of me while I'm cleaning the kitchen, but never offers. He is, however, a really nice man and proceeds to chat to me for about half an hour. Therefore, he's forgiven. And I put it down to him just not getting it or missing the memo on the coffee thing. Okay, okay. I once had the awkward experience of actually being starving, having missed lunch and cleaning late. The family were lovely and asked me if I wanted something to eat. I pounced on it for fear of passing out. I wasn't expecting then to have to sit down with them for a three-course meal. It was awkward. 
One of my cleaners expects to be her client's best friends. Whenever I call her about a new client to see how it went, her first remark is either not good, they didn't offer me tea or coffee, or nice people, nice coffee. I have to then explain to her that's not what I meant. I will often call her and she's sitting down to a fright with her clients or once was out for a curry night with them and her husband. I mean, honestly, I cannot fathom how any of those things can happen. So tell Jeff to be careful. It's a slippery slope and one day he'll find himself, he'll find her on his sofa watching Holly and Phil munching on a carrot stick from the fridge. I will not have those people on my television (laughs) for what they did. (laughs) How dare she mention them? <laughs> um, um, interesting, right? Yes, very interesting. I mean, I can I can give you a little postscript to that. Story. Oh, yes, please. Sarah bought a bagel this week for her. Yeah, and um, but left her. I think we were going on a bike ride or something. So she said, oh, "I've bought you a bagel, the cream cheese, and the tomatoes in the fridge." And then when we got back, she said, "How was the bagel?" And she said, "Ah, oh, it wasn't as good. It wasn't as good this week." You're joking? No, you're joking. No, well, she's offering you criticisms now. But I think it wasn't as good because she didn't assemble it as well. Uh, that's what I would have. I mean, well, I stayed I out of it. Yes. So Well, that's because you know you like my brilliance at applying the cream cheese and the tomato mm. and the salt and pepper correctly. Mm-hmm. Must be that. Yeah, because mm. it was. But um, I well, didn't involve myself obviously after last week. I'm wide birth. Good. Good. Wide bagelly birth. Good. And that's our podcast. Thank you for listening. If you have a quandary for Quandary Corner, if you can answer any of the quandaries that invariably arise, mm. like the two-seater sofa coat conundrum, um, then please email us, hello at adriftpodcast.com. Uh, same for your stories of social ineptitude and all the other bits and pieces we've got going on at the moment. Thanks to the man and the Echo for the back of music. Um, I think they, they've got new stuff out. I think oh, they're doing okay. a tour. I saw on Twitter the other day. And to Emily Harrison for the incidental music I think uh, she's not releasing any new material okay or touring right. um, Kim Rainey designed our artwork Carla Gowlett took the photos and uh, I just just finished by uh, asking uh, is the water too hot? is the scalp massage pressure okay? Podication time. This comes from Ian Worley, who says, Hi, Jeff and Annabelle. Hi. I would very much like to make a podication request for my lovely wife. To show you why this is now even more important to me than usual, I need to paint you a full picture, and I'm sorry for the length of this email. Um, I know that, Annabelle, you uh, you read this email, and um, it's, it's worth it. Absolutely. Yeah. So, back in February of 2021, I'd been furloughed from my work due to COVID. I was doing voluntary work at our local hospice. My wife, Caroline, works for the hospice full-time, so I was happy to play my part where I could. On the particular day in question, there was shortly to be a, inverted commas, lockdown due to COVID. Therefore, not a lot was happening and things were being shut down as required. 
So my work finished at around 2pm, at which point I was on my way home. I put the iPod on in the car, but some music on the iPod had been negatively affected, I think, by magnetism. Mm. The sound quality was muffled and poor. No problem, I thought. I'd not made any other plans that day, so I'd get the music down from my loft when I got home and reload it. I then vaguely remember going up my loft ladder to the loft and suddenly nothing else. The next thing I knew was a phone being passed to me. It was my wife, Caroline. It was dark. I was now in a hospital bed. I felt a sudden sense of anguish. What had happened to me? Caroline spoke to me on the phone and told me that she'd found me on the floor upstairs on that February day. The loft ladder had broken away from its fixings and this had caused me to fall. Furthermore, when my wife found me at about 5.30pm, I was in a bad way. My head had hit the floor hard and this had given me a double bleed to the brain. She didn't know this at the time, of course, when she first found me. In this terrible situation, my wife called the emergency services to get an ambulance. Because I had a significant head injury, the call was actually intercepted by the HEMS team, the air ambulance team. It was so serious that I should have been taken to hospital by an air ambulance. However, due to the darkness and low telephone cables nearby, it was unsafe for the helicopter to fly. Therefore, they sent a team via road. So my poor wife, in a very anxious state, had to deal with the arrival of the ambulance as well as the experts from the HEMS team. I am not exaggerating to say that there were enough vehicles to close our road. The many people who were now in the house had to make my wife go downstairs and away from the incident while they manoeuvred me out of the house and into the ambulance as quickly as possible. When they finally got me down the stairs, my wife asked them to stop. She wanted to give me a kiss. A worry now was that I wouldn't last the night. The HEMS team let her kiss me quickly before they put me into a coma. Caroline said she'd take a car to the hospital, but I was pleased to hear that the ambulance lady invited Caroline into the ambulance. Caroline's concentration, I'm sure, would have been elsewhere. It would not have been good to expect Caroline to also drive. I just need to pause for a second. Mm -hmm. It's so dramatic. God. So is HEM short for hemorrhage, I wonder? I thought it was some air ambulance. Maybe it is, but I wonder if that's, that's what it is, if you're having a break. I mean, oh, God. Any any time where you think you might be the the the, the goodbye might be a last one. Mm-mm. What an awful thing! So the Hems team rushed me to hospital, and I was admitted into the intensive care unit at St George's Hospital, Tooting. Caroline was unfortunately not permitted into this ward, and she called my good friend Karen, as she had no one else she could rely on close by. I'm very grateful to Karen, one of my own best friends who lived in the area and came to assist Caroline. Caroline's best friend, Elaine, also came up from Hayward's Heath when she got the call. And I'm thankful that somebody was with Caroline at what must have been a difficult time for her. And she had to go home without seeing me further when I arrived at hospital. I'm sure that was one hell of a night and she wouldn't have been able to sleep much. Um, 
Elaine stayed with Caroline and helped clear up all the muddy footprints that were still on the stairs from the many emergency personnel who had attended at my great time of need, at my time of great need. I mean, a small price to pay, he adds in brackets. <laughs> when I first spoke to Caroline on the phone, I realised it had been the start of February when the accident occurred, but Caroline told me that it was now sometime in the middle of March. For this length of time, I'd had post-traumatic amnesia, PTA. I was in PTA for 48 days. Sorry, this is... It's an, this is extraordinary. Yeah, this yeah. is... Oh. From then on, Caroline called the hospital religiously for further news as she wanted to go in and see me. Finally, I was transfer, uh, transferred to the Hemsley Ward and Caroline then continued to badger the hospital to be able to visit so she could come in to see me. She kept on calling one poor doctor who told her he would do his best for her to come in. Finally, she was allowed into the Hemsley Ward. She came every night, but I could barely even acknowledge her. I was still so ill. Caroline has said that though she was encouraged by the look on my face, that I was aware it was her and apparently... I even kissed her hand. The doctor said it was good for her to come in as it was stimulating me. She managed to get another nurse to bring into the hospital my iPod and iPad. Oh God, not that iPod. I hope not. <laughs> it was a different one. Yeah. Um, so I could have these in the hospital to listen to her news if I was well enough to do so. Wow. Um. She also brought into the hospital one of her friends, who I also know, Suzanne. They both came in and sang David Bowie songs to me for an hour. Caroline still offers her apologies. Sorry, I'm going a bit. Uh, Caroline still offers her apologies to the other patients for this noise. <laughs> oh. um, the doctors said, however, that I had responded positively to Caroline's visits. I was really pleased at this, as it would have given her something to cling on to. I was grateful to her for the time, help and love she gave in doing this. What followed was fairly extensive neuro-rehabilitation, a program for me where I had to relearn a lot of the everyday things I've been doing for years, including my speech, recognising emotions, something that injuries to the brain are known for. Also, it was one of the things that Caroline was also very nervous about. Would it affect me? And her support was really needed by me, and my rehabilitation went on until August of 2021. A lot of the time, up to June, I was restricted to my bed. I felt very frustrated by this, but it was for my own good, as the hospital were concerned about my balance and walking up and down the ward. They basically thought that my walking was too fast and too unsteady. Um, I couldn't see that this was for my own good, and another fall, another injury to my head could be catastrophic. I was in conflict, though, as this was against my feelings of wanting to maintain as much of my fitness as I could. Um as I've been very fit before the accident and tried to maintain this by walking up and down the ward with a nurse. I had to get a nurse to escort me if she was free. Uh, this was often not the case, so I couldn't go on my walks. Up until June, also, I couldn't see Caroline on the ward due to COVID. Uh, I had to speak to her on uh, FaceTime on my iPad. I could only talk to her on this device, and I'm sure this was another source of frustration for me. I let some of the frustration out, but Caroline was marvellous and I really appreciated and needed her support here too. She used to get a clean bag of clothes uh, to me in the ward every week and I assumed she'd drop this down in reception at the hospital and then it was brought up to me. I didn't know 
that Caroline had actually brought the clothes up to the ward herself. I didn't know that the hospital had told Caroline that they didn't want me to see her, that they thought it would upset me too much. When I did find this out, I was horrified. Eventually, a lovely nurse called Kelly, one Sunday evening, took the initiative and took me to see Caroline drop the clothes off. Sorry. Um, that was a special... What is wrong with me? I mean, it is moving. It's moving. Very but, moving, yeah. Um, What's right with you? No, I know, I know. But, you know, it's, I should be able to get through it. Where's my stoicism? Like, for, for the, you know, if it, you think about what Ian and Caroline went through with much more stoicism than, than me reading it out loud, and I feel like I'm making it about me. <laughs> Um, sorry, that was a special time. Just, I could only see Caroline through the glass to limit any possible infection from COVID. It was lovely for Caroline also, and she was amazed to see me walking. She'd not been able to see this before, uh, this time in May or June. The marvellous treatment by St George's Hospital in Tooting led to me being so fortunate. I was also really pleased that the longer my rehabilitation went, um, Caroline became more involved with my lessons, with the invitation of the hospital. In one exercise, I had to make her a simple breakfast with some so- uh, some toast and fried eggs. I was very pleased to do this, as I could then do these things again in the future. And any time seeing Caroline in, ro- in my recovery was good by me. Also, one sunnier day, I was allowed to go with Caroline for lunch in the park. I had to make the lunch, and I had uh, been taken by the nurses to the supermarket as an exercise for me to get me used to buying items in the supermarket again. My only regret here was that the lunch was over too soon. I was allowed to leave hospital in August 2021. It had been a long time, and I also found it difficult to be away from the hospital trying to get on with normal life. However, Caroline arranged very lately for us to go into Whitechapel to see the HEMS team that rescued me. I thought it would be unlikely that the same people would be available or know very closely about my case or would remember it. I was astonished, however, to meet a member of the team, Nick, that actually came to my house to help me. It was an absolute honour to meet him and the rest of the team. And it was a special... Sorry, everyone. Um, And it was a special moment to meet a person I could honestly... Do you want me to finish your... Maybe. The amount of different things that this is stirring up for me, you know, and for everybody, I think. You think of just how your whole life can change yeah, yeah, yeah. in a split second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You think about, you know, the person, your, your, your partner and what that, that can mean if you're lucky enough to be with somebody like Caroline. You think about what is just a day's work for people working. You know, what? I don't mean to, I don't mean that in just a day's work. What I mean is, if you think about what a day's work is like for most of us, mm. and then that what that is for somebody working in 
in the the NHS. Um, and how special that is. And then, you know, that makes you think about people you, you know yourself who've either do or done that for a living. And anyway, yeah. So mm-hmm. if you wouldn't, maybe, maybe actually having talked through that, I can get, I can get through it. Um, I'm really sorry because this is your story, uh, Ian. And um, like, I, I feel that, you know, you don't need me sort of deconstructing why I'm crying, <laughs> why I'm sobbing. Um, and it was a special moment to meet a person I could honestly say very lightly saved my life. So therefore, to end this now, the person, as well as Nick, who saved my life, I would say, is Caroline. She loved me and supported me so much. And friendship, sorry, just to, and friendship as well. If you think about, you know, the different friends that have been mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, there, there was Suzanne. And Elaine. Well, Elaine, mm. you know, the it's really... You know, it's a, what what happened. A lot of people, Ian, if something like this had happened to them, it, it it can be hard to see outside of how it's affected you. And I just think it says so much about you that you're, you're able to carry this kind of gratitude and awareness of the whole ecosystem of people around you. It's mm-hmm. really beautiful. Yeah. Um, she loved me and supported me so much and still does to this day. I'm monumentally grateful to her. Um, if things do not get that well for me, as sometimes they still do, I'm still touched by her support. I'm so grateful to her and for the love she gives me and my well-being. She's been an absolute rock and kept me afloat through this entire unfortunate accident. So please offer this podication to her from me to show her in some small way how much I think of her and how very grateful I am to her. Thanks, Ian. Oh, well, th- I mean, thanks for sharing that story, um, you know, and, and telling it so beautifully and being yes. so, you know, yeah, so yeah. aware of the ways in which we all support each other. It's a tremendous thing. So there, there we go. It's the uh, publication this week from Ian to Caroline and, you know, all the best to you both and, to you, Ian, with the uh, sort of continued recovery. Mm. And if you'd like a podication, you can email us. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Acast and Befeda. Oh. 
Mit navn er Anders Morgenthaler. Overfor mig sidder Roald Bergmann. Vi har lavet en ny podcast, der hedder Dopaminklubben. Og Dopaminklubben er en klub, hvor ADHD er fucking sjovt, og hvor det griner. Det behøver ikke at være super alvorligt. Vi skider træt af alle de der podcasts og forklarer meget nederen der. Vi gør grin med vores ADHD. Mulig ADHD. Ja, vi udreder mig, fordi nogen siger, at jeg har det. Jeg ved det ikke rigtigt. Det finder vi ud af. Vi har i hvert fald lavet vedmål. Ind og lytte til Dopaminklubben. Hver uge udkommer vi. Der laver vi sjov og spas med at have den her vidunderlige dopaminmangel.